The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. Well, as we start the new year here, 2023, there are so many problems and issues that we face as a country from lack of energy independence that we want to have to begging uh, uh, people in foreign countries to hate our guts to pump more oil to the border crisis to inflation to gas prices, all sorts of problems and issues. But I want to start off 2023 on a lighter note. One of my favorite politicians is Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. He is somebody who is both entertaining and gets right to the point when he's talking about an issue. He paints it in colorful language, uh, not cursing, colorful language, very good little stories. And I want to present some of that this year, some of the highlights that I've heard and that you can find on YouTube or other places. Maybe you listen to it uh, live at times when he is presenting on uh, on Fox uh, news or on some other um, political program, but Senator John Kennedy is just a hoot. He reminds me a lot of Senator Sam Irwin back in the 1970s, who used to just say, well, I'm just a good old country boy, and presented that sort of persona as being not particularly well-educated because he had a deep Southern drawl. Well, Senator Kennedy kind of does the same thing. He's from Louisiana, so he's got a different kind of a drawl and a different kind of cadence to his talk. But he is a wonderfully intelligent individual who is probably the best questioner of nominees that come up before his judicial committee uh, responsibilities, where he asks very pointed, very direct questions. He's always very polite. He's always very polite to anybody he is interviewing. He's polite to his other colleagues who are on the Judiciary Panel or the Appropriations Committee, all those different things that he is responsible for in Congress. But he is somebody that, as a conservative, I appreciate the way he is able to sort of bring out uh, the facts and figures in a very plain way so that anybody could see or understand the hypocrisy that maybe on the other side of who he's questioning. So I want to take and I want to slice and dice a little bit some of his great comments and uh, explanations and the metaphors that he um, he presents uh, during this past year or two. So Senator, here's Senator Kennedy talking at the um, at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee, and explaining some of the things that he believes in. So. Let me just stop here and turn this over to some of the colorful language uh, that Senator Kennedy uh, presents. And then I want to ask him some questions and highlight again some of his real beliefs about what's going on in this country and the craziness that he sees and is able to describe like nobody else. Senator Kennedy, tell us what you believe. I believe that America was founded by geniuses, but it's being run by idiots. I believe that you can't fix stupid, but you can vote it out. I believe that America, unless we lose it, is the greatest country in all of human history, and the whole world knows it. 
Okay, so I hope for those in our audience who may not be familiar with uh, Senator Kennedy, uh, this is not the John Kennedy who was president back in the 1960s. Uh, this is John Kennedy, who is current senator of Louisiana. And I hope these little segments here that I just shared with you give you an idea how colorful this individual is, how he can get to the point with uh, some quick explanations that probably no one else in the Senate uh, could put together words and sentences the way he does and uh, and get a, both a laugh and a recognition of reality. So let me ask Senator Kennedy um, a question about the borders that's going on. What do you think, Senator Kennedy, about the immigration policy that this administration is pursuing, which basically is no no immigration policy at all? When was the last time you heard of someone trying to sneak into China? America is so great. America is so great that people who hate it refuse to leave it. Well, Senator, that didn't take very long for you to really describe the immigration issue that anybody should understand and the issue of that we have so many people in this country, so many politicians, so many citizens that seem to hate our own country. And uh, these politicians in the traditional sense could probably go on and do an hour speech, but I think you summarized it in about uh, 10 seconds. So tell me the next thing that you believe in and why. I believe that Republicans are not perfect, but the other side is crazy. Well, Senator, I think that pretty much summarizes in a very quick sentence the concern that many of us have as we look at the current political scene and see such craziness coming out of this White House administration and the Democrats in lockstep to just spend, spend, spend and regulate, regulate, regulate. So how do you contrast with what's going on there with what the Republicans did when they had total control? Uh, was that craziness or did they actually do some real accomplishments that people like yourself and myself as conservatives think we actually were moving this country uh, to a better place for more people. And and I also believe in when in what we accomplished when Republicans controlled the House and controlled the Senate and President Trump was our president. In four years, in four years, this is what we did. We cut taxes. We increased wages. We delivered 3.5% unemployment. We, we had the lowest unemployment rate in the history of this wonderful country for Hispanic Americans and African Americans. We created 8 million new jobs pre-COVID. We deregulated the economy. We controlled inflation. We protected life. We secured the border. We secured our streets. We beat back ISIS. We strengthened the military. We stood up to China, Russia, and Iran. Well, that's quite a list you put together there that any... Uh, political party or politician should be able to hold out there uh, in front of the population, the voters, and get elected and reelected over and over again. But that didn't happen. So uh, I didn't hear any real punchlines or really funny parts in that particular segment. But maybe you do have a punchline as to what the lasting effect is since Biden has uh, reversed many of the uh, executive orders that President Trump put in place and many of the regulatory um, reductions that Trump did, he's put in more. So what's the punchline for the Democrats 
that you say is a lasting effect that uh, cannot be reversed by the Biden administration. And we confirmed 234 conservative federal judges, including three new members of the United States Supreme Court. And by God, we can do it again. Okay, audience, I want you to listen to the next uh, segment here of how Senator Kennedy actually feels about the Biden administration. So let's hear his sort of very pithy explanation, direct to the point commentary on the Biden administration. Let me say a word about the Biden administration. I say this gently. So far, the Biden administration sucks. President Biden has mismanaged COVID, he's mismanaged Congress, he's mismanaged the border, he's mismanaged crime, he's mismanaged foreign policy, and he's mismanaged Afghanistan. He's also mismanaged inflation. Okay, Senator, um, the Biden administration has mismanaged so many things. The last thing you mentioned was inflation. Have you got a specific comment about inflation, energy policy, gas prices? Um, Tell our audience how you really feel about gas prices. Now, I don't like to brag about the expensive places I've been. But this morning, I went to the gas station. Oh, my God. Please, dear Lord, don't let President Biden mismanage Russia aggression. Senator, I just love it. Your political insights, your ability to describe things in a very simple form, your ability to to joke about things in such desperate times and be able to make your point through through jokes and laughing about it in some ways, but being very pointed about the problems or issues. Tell us a little bit more about what you believe in. What else do I believe? I believe that exercise makes you look better naked. So does alcohol. I don't know how that one got in here. Well, Senator, I think we all appreciate your humor, whether it's on politics or on life in general. But let's get back to the real world and tell us some of your issues and your concerns about school and school choice and children being affected uh, with uh, coronavirus and the lack of schooling at an appropriate level in this country. I believe that no parent, no parent should be required to send their child to a failing school. I believe that no parent, no parent should be required to send their child to a failure factory where violence is common and learning is rare. I believe in the dignity of work. Those who can work should work. Welfare for able-bodied people should be temporary. Welfare should be a bridge, not a parking lot. Well, once again, you've given our audience some amazing little clips about uh, how you think about various issues in schooling. And you're able to, again, sort of hone in with that homey sort of uh, uh, description, that homey flavor of your storytelling, your explanations that really hit home. Let's turn tables for these last few minutes of this segment. Tell us a little bit about your thinking on foreign policy and foreign affairs. Let me say a word about foreign affairs. That's on our minds today. I believe that weakness invites the wolves. Now, I don't know why this is. If I make it to heaven, I'm going to ask. But there's some people in this world, they're not sick, they're not mixed up, they're not confused. It's not that their mama or daddy didn't love them enough. 
They're evil. And some of them run countries. And all they understand is strength. We must be armed for peace. Okay, Senator, let's shift gears again and let's talk about and hear your your feelings about gun control in the United States since everybody seems to want to take away the guns from everybody, even uh, private citizens that uh, are not criminals, but criminals will be able to get guns through stealing or whatever means they can, but private citizens uh, are the ones being targeted. I believe that we don't have a gun control problem. We have an idiot control problem. Here's some free advice, friends. If the government ever tells you you, you you can't own a gun, buy two. I believe, I believe that if you hate cops, just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call them a crackhead. Here's a free tip. Cops will leave you alone if you don't do illegal stuff. Well, Senator, I hope our audience is enjoying your homespun uh, humor. And I'd like to carry over to the next section so that if uh, anybody out there listening will just tolerate a short commercial break, we'll be right back with the homespun humor and political insights of Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. We will be right back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Again, this is Ron Bachman at Healthcare Insight. And today we are really profiling the pithy comments, the humor, the wisdom of Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. So I want to continue with his thoughts, with his insights. Uh, this is a man who, um, if you don't like politics, you would still like to listen to him as a comedy act, if nothing else. But he makes his point makes it very clearly much more than some of the late-night comedians try to make digs at Republicans. He kind of lays it out there on public policy and, of course, makes digs at the Democrats, but more at the elite uh, socialists uh, in in Washington, D.C. So I want to turn back again and give more time to these uh, insights and commentaries and and semi-jokes, uh, some laughable more than others, but the great humor of Senator John Kennedy. So, Senator Kennedy, tell us a little bit more about what you believe in in terms of the issue of abortion. That's such a hot topic. 
with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, this has been a major issue. It was in the last election and likely will be in some future elections as the Democrats tend to distort everything. But what's your basic bottom line gut feeling about freedom of choice for the baby as well as the mother? Um, what do you think about abortion as a general concept in this country? I believe in life. I believe that babies don't choose to die. And I believe that we need to defend those babies, those little lives every single day. Now, listen to me carefully on this one. Hear me out. Well, it doesn't take long for people to know where you stand and how passionate you are about being a pro-life politician. So let's change gears a little bit again, because I love getting your short answers, direct answers, your clarity of your answers your stories uh, surrounding many of your answers. So tell us more about what you think of people who have been denigrating this country for so long that think that we are evil, that the United States is founded on an evil concept of slavery. Uh, How do you address that in your own witty sort of way? I believe that America is not perfect, but we are good. Like every other culture. In the history of humanity, America caught the disease of slavery, but we beat it back. And we passed civil rights laws in 1866, 1871, 1875, 1960, 1964, 1968, 1990, and 1991, and I'm probably leaving some out. The truth is that most Americans don't think that much about race. They think about character, and they understand that souls have no color. Senator, let me jump in and just continue to sort of rapid-fire question and your answers. So the next question I want to ask you about is elections. Uh, They're under hot dispute. They're under challenge from one side or the other as to whether they are legal, appropriate, whether we're putting restrictions on people, we're trying to uh, keep people from voting, uh, voting voter ID is being challenged in some environments. What's what's your thinking about our election process? I believe we need an election day, not an election month. I believe you should have to prove you are who you say you are when you vote. Okay, again, quick question. An answer. What do you think about vetting people at the border and finding out who's coming into this country? I believe that vetting people at the border is not racist. It's prudent. Again, quick question, and I know you probably have a very short answer, but uh, another topic. Uh, so many on the left have torn down the American flag saying it's racist and uh, try to ignore the national anthem. What's your um, commentary on that issue? I believe that Arlington National Cemetery contains 400,000 reasons why you should stand your ass up for the national anthem. All right, Senator, another issue that was hot in 2022 and probably will continue in 2023 is wokeism and the cancel culture. What is your take on that movement that's been going on, in my opinion, for far too long? How do we address that issue? I believe that cancel culture, which is 
The military wing of of wokeism is strangling a free people. You are not free if you can't express yourself. You are not free if you cannot say what you think. Okay, so tell me your perspective, because you live with them every day when you're in Washington, that Washington woke elitist. What's your opinion of those folks? I believe that the nauseously woke Washington insider elites, the permanent Washington types, you know who I'm talking about, the vanilla soy extra foam latte crowd that lives in the Georgetown condos with the important art on their walls, don't respect their ideas. They don't care what we think, and they believe they're better than us. Like I said, folks, you can't fix stupid, but by God, you can vote it out. Senator Kennedy, how do you see our future, the future of the United States, the future of our politics, the the way Washington will or won't work together? What's your thinking? I believe our future can be better than our present or our past. I do. I believe that we're only as good as our dreams. They were only as valuable as our children. But the water won't clear up until we get the pigs out of the creek. Well, Senator, how do you feel about this country and sort of where we are, where we're going, and how would you ultimately deal with the problems and issues that we have in this country around violence? I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. I don't hate anybody. I look for grace wherever I can find it. There's always something on God's green earth for us to be thankful for. I believe that love is the answer. I do. I believe that love is the answer. But you ought to own a handgun just in case. Well, Senator, why don't you give me your current perspective on the Biden administration and what they are doing to this country as you've seen it firsthand in Washington, D.C. But, but let me answer your question this way. After 18 months, we know what President Biden stands for. Um, if you don't know by now, you're thick as a brick. Uh, he, he believes in uh, bigger government, higher taxes, um, more spending, more debt, more regulation, open borders, a weaker military, and turning cops into social workers. And those policies have hurt the American people deeply. But in no respect, none, has President Biden hurt the American people more than in their pocketbooks. And I'm talking about inflation. Inflation, which is a direct result of the president's policies, is a cancer on the American dream. And it is rampant. It is unrestrained. Um, As one of my constituents told me last week, if it keeps increasing, Starbucks is going to have to change its name to 10 bucks. Well, I certainly agree with you, Senator, that anybody's not paying attention to what's going on and thinks everything is just hunky-dory with this Biden administration and ignoring all the problems that it's self-created from inflation to energy issues to the border to the war in Ukraine. All those are um, self-inflicted wounds. Um, What is the solution 
that you would say we need to do to get ourselves out of this hole? And from where I sit, the solution is so straightforward. Number one, while the Federal Reserve is doing its job, stop spending. We have a federal budget. Live within it. Number two, start to reduce the deficit. Number three, freeze all federal proposed federal regulations. They're just going to add to the cost of goods and services. Number four, return America energy independence. And number five, once again, while the Fed's doing its job and on the supply side, um, extend the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which will be expiring in the next two years. If you do those things, in my judgment, inflation will start to abate in a matter of months. And if you don't do them, we're just going to continue to be faced down in the desert. Well, as we near the end of this particular um Second segment of our program, let's hear a couple of your thoughts on uh, energy policies. Well, of course, energy is a large part of the American economy. And what I think is that under President Biden's administration, for the last two years, federal government behavior with respect to the economy and our energy policy is, as you described, almost and almost perfect example of ineptitude. Um, President Biden doesn't have an energy policy other than wind, solar, and wishful thinking. Yeah. He, you, you and I both know you can't run any developed economy, and certainly not our economy, the greatest in all of human history, without fossil fuels. But yet President Biden wants to get rid of fossil fuels. He said it in his campaign, including clean-burning natural gas, which is which forces us, since we, we have to have fossil fuels, to, uh, instead of producing our own, we have to uh, buy fossil fuels from foreign countries. And a lot of those foreign countries, like Venezuela, hate us. And so we're, we're, we're buying oil from Venezuela, so Venezuela will have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us. It, 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 it just makes no sense. So, Senator, what's the end result and impact on regular Americans out there from this excessive spending, both budgetary and off-budgetary spending that's going on? There's an old saying, you've heard it, if you... Uh, if you're going to have a party, you got to pay the band. Now, President Biden and the, my Democratic colleagues in the Senate have had a party. They spent trillions of dollars outside of the budget that we don't have. Well, the American people are paying the band in the form of, of, high, of, of inflation. This inflation was made in Washington, and it's not going to get any better. Um, I don't care how high. The Federal Reserve raises interest until Congress does its part. And by its part, I mean we have to, we have to slow the rate of spending and stop borrowing money that we can't pay back. As long as we do that, um, uh, Jerome Powell at the Federal Reserve is just going to have to cause more and more pain to the American people. Well, I hope our listeners out there are enjoying the, um, common sense, knowledge, wisdom of Senator Kennedy and the joyful way that he presents it 
and is a good representative of very core, basic, conservative principles. Well, let's take another quick break uh, with a few commercials, and we'll be right back uh, with more of Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to this week's third segment of America's Web Radio. You're listening to Healthcare Insight. And today we are hearing the uh, the wisdom, the insights, the uh, uh, southern drawl of Senator John Kennedy, who always is very entertaining in what he presents and how he presents it. And so we want to continue with this process because he's just full of uh, little southern sayings that you might not hear from most any other politician, even others uh, from the South, although he is just a, a master at it. So let me ask Senator Kennedy to talk about what he thinks is going on and what we could really do and what we should be doing around the energy crisis that we have not only here at home, but the interactions that are occurring with the lack of use of fossil fuels in Europe uh, related even to the uh, Ukraine-Russian uh, war. So, Senator Kenny, give us your thoughts on that situation that we're facing internationally. Look, America, through technology and reserves, can produce every drop of natural gas and oil that we need and have some left over, much left over, to sell to our friends, for example, in Germany. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. If President Biden would allow us to do that, Germany could turn around and tell Vladimir Putin to kiss his rosy red uh, elbow, I should say. Uh, it's just that simple. Well, Senator Kenny, it's such an obvious point that you're making Why do you think the Biden administration or the people around him just don't see the logic of how much we could impact and improve our situation worldwide with the better use of fossil fuel and energy for ourselves, clean energy for ourselves and countries like Germany and all of Europe and much of the rest of the world that needs our energy, but they have to now turn to authoritative governments to even beg for it, like we're doing. But it starts with this hatred by the people in the Biden administration of all things fossil fuel. 
And we can't do without fossil fuel. Not today, not tomorrow. That doesn't mean I'm against wind or solar or hydrogen or nuclear power. I'm for all of those things. Um, but I'm for, I'm an all of the above energy type guy. I, I mean, these the people running things now, it's like they just parachuted in from another planet. Mm-hmm. I recently called them, uh, and I meant it, high IQ stupid people. They're very smart. They just got no sense. Senator, let me move to a entirely, an entirely different direction. Let me ask you about the Chinese government and its control of TikTok. And there, you know, there are several states that have banned TikTok. Um, uh, North Dakota, Nebraska, uh, South Carolina, and Maryland, I think at this point. So what, what do you think about the, uh, banning of TikTok and the problems we may face, uh, from the Chinese? with their spying on Americans through this TikTok, TikTok app. I think you'll see a bill in the next Congress. I love the people of China, and I know you do too. But uh, I do not love the Chinese Communist Party. I do not trust the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, they, they, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't turn my back on them if they were two days dead, as I had said before. Uh, I believe, I can't prove it, I'm going to look to experts. I believe that they control TikTok, and they're using TikTok to gather information on the American people. Our intelligence committee in the Senate, composed of Republicans and Democrats, is studying the issue. They get intelligence that I don't have. They're, they're, the, they're the ones we select to get the super top-secret information. If they turn to the United States Senate and say, we have to ban TikTok, I predict that you'll have a bipartisan vote, Democrats and Republicans, to ban TikTok. And I know there'll be some young people that'll be sad, but uh, we need to start an American TikTok. Well, as long as we're having a discussion about social media, tell us what you think about Elon Musk and the uh, Twitter acquisition uh, that he um, he's made and the information that's coming out on um, Hunter Biden and the collusion with uh, governmental agencies. How does that all look to you? It's more and more to me like uh, Mr. Musk, when he bought Twitter, he didn't buy a company. He purchased a snake pit. Um, he he might have purchased a crime scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just all the things we suspected are turning out to be true. Well, the issue with respect to Mr. Hunter Biden is and always has been, what did Mr. Hunter Biden do for the money. He got millions of dollars. And who, if anyone, did he share it with? And that's what this inquiry is all about. Mm. And those are relevant questions that the American people are entitled to know the answer to. Well, Senator, let's continue with this sort of rapid-fire questions and your responses uh, to various random, sometimes uh, unconnected issues. Let me turn now to the uh, the bill that was passed last year that says uh, we're going to add 84,000 IRS agents and they're only going to um, go after uh, wealthy people. What is your thinking about uh, that uh, issue with the IRS? President Biden, of course, says, well, we're only going to unleash the IRS on the, on the wealthy. Um, with respect, if he, if he believes that, he also believes in the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, <laughs> and that Jimmy Hoffa died of natural causes. Well, Senator Kennedy, some people worry about 
President Biden and his age and some of the gaffes that we've seen, some of things that just don't make any sense, somewhat incoherent, and people have challenged his uh, cognitive abilities. What is your assessment of President Biden? I don't think the American people hate President Biden. I certainly don't. But I think a majority of the voters in our country at this juncture think he would be he would be better off selling catheters on late night TV than serving as president of the United States. Well, what about uh, President Biden's age? Can you just focus on that? Is that a problem? Because, you know, President Trump wants to run again and he would be in his late 70s. What do you think about um, Biden and even Trump? Uh, running for office in their late 70s and early 80s. After listening to the president's speech, um, I really understand why it's an unassailable fact that age does not guarantee wisdom. Okay, so you're there in Washington. You've seen the back and forth and the craziness that goes on up there. What's your assessment of the deep state, the problems that we've seen with the Twitter uh, releases on the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice. Um, what's your thinking about that deep state uh, that exists up there? I said to myself, you know, um, it's really true. I've said this before, but the, the water's not going to clear up in Washington until we get the pigs out of the creek. Now, for you and our audience who find Senator Kennedy's um, uh, approach kind of interesting, a little different, almost entertaining, uh, but gets to the root cause of a problem or an issue. Um, I want to turn now to a few of the comments that uh, about his investigative questioning during the Judiciary Committee's hearings uh, for various uh, Biden nominees. Uh, this next one I want you to hear is his questioning of the appointee, or the nominee at least at that point, for the uh, OMB, the Office of Budget and Management. Listen to how he um, approaches this individual and the way he asks questions in a very unique way. Um, but th there will be a perception. I'm not saying it's reality, but as we know in government and politics, perception matters. But there will be a perception that if you took Wall Street, given the money you raised from them, if you took Wall Street, turned them upside down and shook them, you'd fall out of their pockets. Um, well, that, how, how are you going to deal with that? I mean, when Wall Street comes calling and you're at OMB. This next segment of the same person as being nominated for director of OMB, uh, Senator Kenny gets right to the heart of the kind of personal, destructive, um, divisive politics that these people uh, have uh, pronounced in the past against individuals, not about policy, but about uh, personalities, about trying to tear down people. This is what the nominees are, and, and Senator Kennedy doesn't mind going after them and exposing them. Uh, they'll sidestep, they'll double-talk their way out, but this is the way that Senator Kennedy approaches his role in uh, checks and balances of people nominated, the crazies that have been nominated by the Biden administration. Listen to this. I, I have to tell you, I'm very disturbed about your personal comments about people. Mm. Um, and it's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets. And it wasn't just about Republicans. 
And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. Mm -hmm. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. I want to continue with this particular nominee and show you how Senator Kennedy is dogged in his grilling and questioning and doesn't let that Washington bureaucratic elite kind of sidestep. And as many politicians would ask a question, they don't get an answer. They go back. I want you to know that there was a continuous round and round and round in pursuing. Did you believe what you said that was so divisive? And just listen to the kind of bureaucratic mumbo jumbo response that he gets. Listen to this from our current, because she was ultimately um, approved to be director of OMB. But just listen to the idiocy of this individual who won't answer his straightforward question. When you when you said these things, did you mean them? I would understand you, you you've taken them back, but did you mean them? I'd say the discourse over the last four years on all sides has been incredibly polarized. I'm asking about yours. Did you mean them? I really feel badly about them, Senator. Did you mean them? I feel badly about them. Did you mean them when you said them? I mean, I would say social media is a is is. I've Did you mean them when you course. said them? I feel terribly about them. Did you mean them when you said them, or were you not telling the truth? I I I mean, I feel badly. I look back at them. I'm I said them. I feel badly about them. I deleted tweets over. Are you saying that because you want to be confirmed? No, I felt badly about them. And did you mean them. them when you said them, Senator? I I must have meant them, but I really regret them. I want the record to reflect that I did not call Senator Sanders an ignorant slut. If only we had more politicians like Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. He is just a remarkable individual, one of my real heroes, not just for his conservative core basic beliefs that we've heard throughout this hour, but his dogged determination to uncover the hypocrisy the divisiveness of many of the nominees of the Biden administration, the craziness of people that we are putting into power. And hopefully at some point we will be able to clean house if we can just elect a Republican Congress and Senate and Republican president in 2024. Then these kinds of idiots, intelligent, intellectual idiots with no common sense won't be running our government. Stay tuned for the last segment, and we'll give you more of Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, 
classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's America's Web Radio program for Healthcare Insight. And today we have been talking about Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, who is one of the most colorful characters who uses the most colorful language you can imagine. Clean, but colorful language in his down-home folksy kind of a way. So I want to get back to that and show you some examples of how he interrogates um, nominees to the Justice Department, to various parts of the administration. He's on many committees that are, he's a very valuable, important member of the Republican Party. He can't always turn the heads of Democrats, but he certainly exposes people on the other side for who and what they are and the hypocrisy that is there in Washington. I only wish he would actually be vice president to uh, an upcoming uh, Republican presidential candidate because he certainly would connect to ordinary people with his ordinary common sense language and philosophy. So let's talk about that. What is his, how does he see himself? How does he see Washington and how he fits in? Because I know he has called himself a deplorable, but how does he compare being a deplorable to the rest of the folks that he meets and has to deal with in Washington, D.C.? And unlike, unlike some of the folks in Washington, D.C., I'm talking about the cultured, cosmopolitan, goat's milk latte drinking, avocado toast eating insider's elite as a deplorable. I believe that everybody counts and I care about you. So he does care about you and me, the middle class, the little guy. Let's hear him directly talk about the Bill of Rights and how important it is for the average person. If you think about it, in many cases, the Bill of Rights is, is really not there for the, the high school quarterback or the prom queen. The Bill of Rights is there for the person who kind of sees the world differently, but has the right to do that. Even if the majority says yes. we're the majority, because we both know that sometimes um, the majority just means that most of the fools are on the same side. Let me present our audience with another example of uh, of Senator Kennedy grilling a nominee for a judge position at the district court level and trying to challenge them on the kind of language that they used against a Supreme Court Justice, Kavanaugh, and see how they kind of wiggle around, but Senator Kennedy just doesn't let this go. He He's going to make his point and show the hypocrisy of these leftist judges that are being nominated and approved uh, in our judicial system. Do you, this is real simple. You said just a few years ago, you weren't in law school, you weren't in college. You said Brett Kavanaugh is a morally bankrupt person. It's clear as thunder on a summer night. Now, you're under oath. Do you believe he is or not? How, how hard is that? You'll have much harder questions as a federal judge if you make it that far. 
I, I just want an answer. I agree that she should answer. You're not going to answer my question? Now, listen to the response of this justice nominee and the mumbo-jumbo bureaucratic language that she uses to try to avoid taking responsibility for the things that she said, wrote, or supported. I appreciate the question, Senator. As I stated, those statements were rhetorical advocacy. Well, let me, let me ask you about this rhetorical advocacy. Is, does rhetorical advocacy mean you said something, but now that you've been nominated, you're scared that you can't get the vote, so you're going to uh, try not to answer the question? Is that what rhetorical, ad, rhetorical advocacy means? What is rhetorical advocacy? Is it a lie? Okay, let me try one more time. Do you believe that Brett Kavanaugh is a morally bankrupt person? Senator, as Sitting I, here today, under oath. Sitting here today, under oath, I can assure you that I respect completely the authority of Justice Kavanaugh as a duly confirmed Supreme Court Justice of the United yes, States. Yes, ma'am, but do you believe he's morally bankrupt? Senator, as I stated, I respect his authority and the authority of every Supreme Court Justice sitting on our court. Yes, ma'am, but, but do you believe he's morally bankrupt? My personal opinion is not for me it's not appropriate for me to say I respect his authority as a Supreme Court. So justice, you think he is morally words. bankrupt? I did not say that, Senator. But you signed a letter saying he was morally bankrupt. Several years ago, uh-huh. as an alum addressing my law school alma mater, I did sign a letter that I believed was addressed only to my law school administration. Oh, you but didn't think it would be public? I did not understand that it would be used as a public advocacy piece. No, okay. I believed it was only addressed to my law school. And, and you signed that because because you wanted to show fidelity to your alma mater, Yale Law School? I would absolutely respect the authority of every Supreme Court justice and all of its precedents without reservation. See, I don't believe you. I think you, I think you said, I think you allowed your political beliefs to cloud your judgment. And I think you said a few years ago what, what you said about Brett Kavanaugh, and I think you believe it. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like to be a litigant in front of you with that demonstration of lack of judicial temperament and judgment. How can a litigant possibly think that you're not going to act on personal beliefs if you were so intemperate to say something like this? Boy, if only more politicians were like Senator Kennedy and going after the truth, going after nominees who clearly are sidestepping real issues and comments and not taking responsibility for their past statements or actions to get a position in the Biden administration. But maybe more importantly, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody out there in the general public had access to seeing and understanding what in the world is going on with this administration and the nominees that they put forth. You don't see this kind of exchange or this kind of interaction on ABC Nightly News, and it's important that it should be there. This is where our country is going with people who are being put in a position of power. But let me just continue with this same nominee who was writing a letter about Justice Kavanaugh to Yale University, thinking it's so important. But as a Democrat, was she willing to recognize that Yale University, her own university, 
was bigoted, racist, and biased towards Asian. Listen to this interchange and, again, the directness of Senator Kennedy. Last question. Are you proud of the fact that Yale Law School has a quota system limiting the number of Asian Americans? Have you ever written a letter about that? Or does that not, is that, how, where does that fit in your, your socioeconomic uh, view of the world that you think everybody else should adopt and you will impose if you're in a position of power? Senator, I'm not aware of any policy like that. You need to get out more. You're the only person in the Milky Way who believes you're impartial. Well, as we move towards the end of this hour on Senator Kennedy, I want to give him a chance to describe, I want this audience to hear his description of how the Biden administration is trying to sidestep and sort of, again, mealy-mouth avoid taking responsibility for inflation. Uh, they seem to be wanting to point it at corporate greed instead of the failed policies of the Biden administration. So, Senator Kennedy, what do you think about what the spokesperson for the Biden administration just said, that it's more about corporate greed? Well, I, I heard the uh, president's press secretary uh, say that, and and she's a very talented person, but... Uh, um, if she believes what she says, she was in the fris- in the quad playing frisbee during Econ 101. Um, the president also says that uh, COVID caused inflation. Now, I'll admit that inflation is spreading. But as one commentator put it last week, uh, people aren't walking around coughing inflation on each other. Our inflation right now is is caused by the fact that the federal government is spending and borrowing breathtaking amounts of money with more on the way, and you've got too much money chasing too few goods. And I am very worried about this. Inflation is a very pernicious tax. It's especially uh, tough on the middle class and the and and uh, the low income uh, Americans. Um, it's going to cause the Federal Reserve to have to act more quickly than it would like. And by that, I mean it's going to raise interest rates, and that could throw us into a recession. But I'm not sure the Fed has a choice, because once once that genie of inflation gets out of the bottle, it's hard to get it back in. Uh, we're, we're just in a heck of a mess here. Uh, it's, it's going to be like throwing kerosene on a tire fire. Well, Senator, you've heard the White House doublespeak and avoiding responsibility. They're trying to point fingers at everybody but themselves, not recognizing their own complicity in all the inflation that's going on. How do you, how do you characterize that? How do you, uh, when you hear it, what do you think? Well, I've heard what the White House is saying, and and I I get it. Um, you know, they're 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 just pulling it all out of every orifice they have available because they've got a problem here. I think it would be more honest to just deal straight up with the American people about it. You know, Senator, I'm old enough to have lived through the 1970s and 80s and the Jimmy Carter effects that uh, blew up this economy for a long period of time until Ronald Reagan came in and um, and uh, the chairman of the um, uh, Federal Reserve uh, had to raise interest rates to control it. Um, isn't this a problem that's so pernicious once you start to unleash the 
devastating effects of inflation on the American public. Um, how do we change this? How do we affect this going forward? We only have a few minutes left, but uh, if you give us your thoughts, I'd appreciate it. Yes, it's very pernicious. Um, it's it's food, it's clothing, it's furniture, um, it's it's energy. You know, I, I don't I don't like to brag about the expensive places I've been, but I went to the gas station this morning. I mean, here in D.C., it's four bucks fifty a gallon. Out in California, it's five dollars. It's going to be heating oil this this winter. The president. And this Build Back Better bill wants to hit the natural gas industry with an eight billion dollar new tax. Well, you know who's going to pay that? Uh, people are consumers. So when you're freezing to death this winter, uh, or you lose your home and you're you're stranded on the beach having to eat seaweed, remember we're building back better. I mean, this is just not the time for the to spend five trillion dollars and borrow three. Well, there you have it. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, what a character he is and what a way he has of describing issues in a very short uh, sentence or two, being able to get the actual truth, exposing hypocrisy. If only we had more politicians like him in Washington, D.C., where they were honest with the American people. If only the media would pick up and recognize the truths of people like Senator John Kennedy, this country would be so much better off. The population would be much more aware of the problems and issues that we're facing and the craziness that's really going on in Washington that you hear very little about on national news and the mainstream media. Well, join us again next week for more interesting guests, uh, discussions, and topics that are affecting you and your life, uh, mainly through politics and how it does affect you and how it's important that you get out and vote to get the idiots out of office. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.